Welcome to The Average Shepherd. My name is Father Sam French and today is Wednesday in the 33rd week of Ordinary Time and today's homily is called Held to Account. Let's begin. Today's parable is ultimately about kingship. It speaks of this nobleman who goes away to a distant country to become king and then return back to his land. Now, Jesus is basically drawing on the recent history, which would have been well known to his listeners, of a figure named Archelaus. He was the son of Herod the Great, who after his father's death, basically traveled to Rome to be appointed as king by Caesar Augustus. And then he returned to Judea to assume authority. So they've kind of got the idea of the the nobleman going away to become king. But there's a difference here. While Archelaus turned out to be a cruel tyrant, The king in this parable seems to be much more noble and generous in his dealings with his servants. This suggests that the king represents Jesus himself, at least in some respects. Some scripture scholars also propose that the king going away to a distant country and returning refers to Jesus going away to heaven in the ascension and then returning for judgment in the second coming. So that's kind of like a more spiritual reading of the text. Anyway, the second part of the story is about how the nobleman, before he leaves, gives 10 of his servants the task of trading with one gold coin each, sometimes translated as a pound or a minus, which basically just means 100 days wages. Now, the servants who receive the gift of a coin in this story likely represent Jesus' disciples, who will be entrusted with the gift of the Holy Spirit and all their individual gifts of grace for the purpose of carrying out their mission and their vocation to spread the gospel. So when the king returns, the servants are then summoned to him to give an account of their trading. Then coming forward, the servants address the king as Lord, Kyrios in Greek, which is where we get Kyrie eleison, Lord, have mercy. But they address him as Lord because they now recognize that he has authority over them. And this, of course, is the title that many use of Jesus throughout the Gospels. Now, the first and second servants that are mentioned, they have good news. They report to the king that his gift of a pound has earned a profit of 10 and five more pounds, respectively. And then as a reward, the king gives those men charge, or literally authority over, 10 or five cities. Because they were faithful to him in a very small matter, the king then entrusts them with an enormously greater one. Now, all of us are called to do the same. If we're faithful to the Lord in this life, responding to his gifts of grace and working diligently in our families and the world to spread the gospel in whatever ways we are able, the Lord will continue giving us the spiritual gifts and greater responsibilities that we deserve. Bishop Barron calls this the law of spiritual physics. The more generous we are with our material and spiritual gifts, the more opportunities and responsibilities will be given by God to exercise that generosity. But after all of this, we then hear the consequence of failing to use our gifts, that is, being crippled by fear into a life of inaction and laziness. The the third servant, described as wicked by the Lord, simply returns the pound to the king, having kept it stored safely, basically in a hanky. He explains his disobedience of failing to engage in trade by blaming the king for being too demanding and unfair. He uses the words, taking what he did not lay down and harvesting what he did not plant. However, it's worth noting that up to this point, there's no evidence that the king has been severe or unjust. This caricature of the mean and judgmental tyrant only exists in the mind of the wicked or the fearful servant. So today, by analogy, there are those out there who have been hurt in some way and as a result, 
hold a negative view of God and the church, and that can be very understandable. But then, like this servant, there are those out there who simply don't like the demands that the Christian faith places on their lives, and so reject God under the guise of whatever criticism they find most convenient. Now, the king doesn't waste time challenging the servant's description of him. Rather, he just uses his own words against him and takes them to their logical conclusion. If the servant was so sure that the king was a demanding person, at the very least, he should have shown some initiative and put the money in the bank, at almost no risk to himself, to at least earn or collect some interest. But because the man had done nothing, the king takes the servant's gold and gives it to the man who had been faithful in using his gifts. So today's parable, in a nutshell, basically teaches us that we will be held accountable for what we've been given by God. The Lord gives us every grace that we need to succeed in the spiritual life, but it's up to us to respond to that grace and to remain faithful to him by putting those gifts to work in furthering the kingdom of God. And so we pray. Thank you, Lord, for the gift of your Holy Spirit given to us in the sacrament of baptism and the abundant grace you bestow on us each day through prayer and the sacrament of the Eucharist. Help us to remain faithful to you as good servants and be ever ready to meet you, our Lord and King. We ask this in your holy name through the intercession of our Blessed Mother Mary. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to help me spread the word in The Average Shepherd, you can throw it up on social media or share with anyone you think might benefit. Thank you and God bless.